You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Sandy Almendares, Editor-in-Chief. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. And welcome to a Supply Side East edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Sandy on site in Secaucus, New Jersey at Supply Side East. And I am sitting here with Ivan Wasserman, who is a managing partner at Amid Talati Upadai, which is an IP and litigation law firm. Hi, Ivan. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for joining me. Ivan spoke at our presentation theater on probiotics, prebiotics, symbiotics, postbiotics. Oh, my. Um, they, before, it didn't have postbiotics in it, so you had the whole tigers, wait, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, but that kind of, there's so many biotics that it, it ruined that. Uh, <laughs> you that, uh, ruined my little Wizard of Oz You reference, play. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Ivan has expertise in food, dietary supplement, and cosmetic law. He helps clients develop products and create and execute marketing campaigns that are both legally compliant and effective. Uh, He represents clients before FDA, FTC, State Attorneys General, the National Advertising Division, uh, among other things. Uh, He was included in the Best Lawyers in America from 2007 to 2018. Uh, 19. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. That needs to be corrected. Well, you should update the bio on your website. (laughs) That's where I got that. So let's talk about... It really is interesting if I ever get dropped from that list. Like people will ask, what what happened that year? What happened, yeah. (laughs) What did you do wrong? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So let's talk about all these biotics. So once we had probiotics, once upon a time, then we had prebiotics and symbiotics. Now there's so many. What's with all the biotics? You know, it's biotic alusa, what I like to say. (laughs) 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 No, it's, uh, it's fascinating. I mean, obviously probiotics have gained popularity, were popular 10 years ago, and just every year it seems like they're getting more and more popular as consumer interest in the category grows, as science around the industry grows. And, you know, the microbiome itself, which is where a lot of this, you know, is really targeted, uh, you know, I think science is really just scratching the surface on how important uh, the microbiome and and the bacteria living in in and on our bodies uh, affects our health. So you have a real interest and growth in in the industry, started with probiotics, but then also other ways that you can affect uh, the microbiome other than, as we'll talk about, a probiotic, which is a live uh, microorganism. So the otic lingo has stuck. You know, they could sort of call these things a lot of different things, but I think playing off the word probiotic and as products generally intended to, uh, you know, affect affect the human microbiome, it's just a sort of natural progression, I think. That makes sense. So give us, I'm going to shoot a bunch of biotic terms at you. Yes. I, I'd like you to give us a short definitions of each. So probiotics. So probiotics, what I like to call the granddaddy of all the otics, other than antibiotics, which we won't be talking about today. No. <laughs> um, so probiotics are is two, two important things. One, they are living. If it, They're viable. They're capable of reproducing. That's the key thing for a probiotic and distinguishes them from a lot of these other otics we'll be talking about today. Uh, so probiotics are living microorganisms, uh, and then it can't just be any living microorganism. It's a microorganism that actually gives a health benefit on the host. Typically, we're talking about humans here, but it could be animals or, or other things. So obviously, there's live microorganisms that don't provide a health benefit. They can be pathogens, like certain E. coli strains or, or, uh, or uh, 
salmonella strains, but so it's live microorganisms that health provide a health benefit to the host. All right. What about prebiotics? So prebiotics is another category that, that has been around a while. Uh, prebiotics are not living, uh, but what prebiotics are, as I like to think of it, and people have different sort of standards, but I think the key for a prebiotic is it's something that selectively uh, encourages a live microorganism to grow and, and to reproduce and to be successful in the, in the body and prefer, like probiotics confer a health benefit. So if you think about it, you know, everything living needs nutrients to survive. Plants, humans, cell, and cells are no different. So if you give cells what they need to survive, to thrive, to reproduce, uh, you could really affect your microbiome if you're giving if you're giving what the right kinds of cells need to, uh, to survive and to reproduce. Okay, what about symbiotics? So symbiotics is sort of the best of those two. So I like to think of, you know, the, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, two great things that go great together, chocolate and peanut butter. So a symbiotic is really one product that combines the two things we just talked about. Uh, it's a product that combines a probiotic with a prebiotic, with the idea being that if you're just giving, a, like if you're just planting a plant and not fertilizing it, that plant might not grow. So, but if you're, similarly, if you're giving a probiotic that you want to take orally, you're hoping it's going to thrive in the gut, it's going to have a real difference in the gut. If you're also giving at the same time, it's some nutrients in the form of a prebiotic to give it the best chance of, of growing uh, and surviving and replicating in the gut. That's a symbiotic. So syn meaning a synergy between the two ingredients. Ah, okay. Psychobiotics. Ah, <laughs> that is the scary one. Exactly. Everyone's picturing that movie. Uh, so psychobiotics is kind of a fun word. But, you know, the science, as I talked about earlier today, on the, on the microbiome is just exploding. We, you know, it's probably best well known for uh, gut health as well as uh, uh, the immune system, how important it is. But, you know, everyone knows the feelings of butterflies in their stomach. You know, when you're nervous, there's a gut-brain access, a gut-brain connection. And the, the important role of uh, our microbiome and the gut to mental health is really we're just scratching the surface, I believe, on the scientific front. So psychobiotics is referring to a subclass of probiotics that uh, are intentionally or, or that are believed to affect uh, mental cognitive health. Cosmobiotics. <laughs> Cosmobiotics is uh, similar to psychobiotics. It's another sort of marketing word. Uh, and those are, you know, skin microbiomes. So your, your, your skin microbiome is a complex world. If you looked at, at, I'm sure your hands are a lot cleaner than mine, but if you looked at my <laughs> hand under the microscope, you'd see a world of, uh, of, of bugs, of, of bacteria living on there. Uh, there's luckily too small to see, otherwise it would be quite scary. But uh, cosmo, cosmobiotics are similar to psychobiotics, but they're, they're probiotics, they're live microorganisms that uh, you know, are intended to uh, have positive effects on, on the skin. Okay, and the last one, postbiotics. Ah, the, the trickiest one. Um, so postbiotics is, is a relatively, well, it's hard to say if it's relatively new, but it's a relatively new term with respect to becoming a, a consumer-known claim and a manufacturer-known claim. But I think in the scientific community, it's, it's been around for a while. Uh, at least the, the category of ingredients has been around for a while. Whether they actually had a, a name is, is another thing. But the way I like to think of postbiotics is it's 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 the hopefully the the good stuff from a probiotic other than it is no longer a living microorganism so it 
generally refers to either a, a, an inactive or a dead, if you will, uh, probiotic uh, that's no longer living, no longer viable, capable of reproducing. It can be the cell wall itself. Uh, it can also be what products that come from a probiotic. So probiotics, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, decompose, for example. You know, when a probiotic dies, it decomposes and creates new sorts of, uh, of chemicals and things, and also it secretes. When a probiotic is alive, it secretes uh, different things, lactic acid and other types of things. Uh, so anything that's coming from either secreted from a live probiotic or used to be a probiotic but is now no longer viable is a postbiotic. And similar to prebiotic or probiotic, I should say, you know, you do want to ensure that when you're calling something that, that you know it has some sort of biological activity in the host and you're not just giving, you're not just calling it that because it used to be a probiotic, but it really does nothing when you take it. And the science on postbiotics is, is interesting. It's certainly not as robust as probiotic science, but they're really showing uh, in a lot of interesting studies, particularly in animals so far, uh, that postbiotic can have similar benefits uh, biologically to probiotics. And there's a manufacturing benefit to these postbiotics because they, since they're no longer alive, you don't necessarily have to be concerned with uh, keeping a microorganism alive the way you do with a, a, pre, or a probiotic. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, and you can also, yeah, there's a manufacturing benefit. There's a storage benefit. It doesn't have the same shelf life concerns. And it can be added to more products that might kill a, a live microorganism when it's added. Right. So in your presentation, you mentioned CBD biotics. Now, is that a real thing or was that a joke? <laughs> you know, you'll have, to, uh, you'll have to get my slides to see if that's a real thing. Um, no, CBD biotics was a, a bad joke, uh, but a joke <laughs> nonetheless. You know, CBD uh, is, is so, so, so uh, hot right now uh, in the industry that I wanted to make sure that for people who are only interested in CBD at this show that they might come to my session thinking there was a new CBD ingredient out there. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past. Maybe maybe <laughs> CBD biotics will be coming in, yes. in the next few years. Yes, let's. maybe we should trademark that. Maybe. It could be our ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the regulatory concerns, briefly, right, with all of these biotics? Um, so you have sort of your, your, your ingredient general concerns. So that sort of aren't category specific. Um, so any one of those ingredients, like any ingredients, you know, if they're going to be added to food, you have to make sure that they are uh, grass, generally recognized as safe or approved as a food additive. Um, similarly, uh, if they're going to be in a dietary supplement, you have to make sure that they are not a new dietary ingredient uh, that needs a notification to FDA. So those are sort of the general, um, the general uh, regulatory issues that apply to all those otics as well as pretty much any ingredients you're going to add to a food dietary supplement or cosmetic, I should say. And uh, similarly, you know, like any product, you can't make a disease claim for these for these ingredients. Um, so I think the most the sort of unique the unique categories are, are a couple. The unique issues are you know a couple fold. One, probiotics in particular are such a unique category of dietary ingredients. Um, they are not like calcium they are not like a plant they're little live things uh so one issue is right now um you know all dietary ingredients have to be declared on a dietary supplement label uh in terms of weight uh you know x grams of calcium x grams of uh, of vitamin c which makes sense to the consumer and because there's no separate category for probiotics currently the regulations require you to to put probiotics in terms of grams also 
which if you know about probiotics like we, like we talked about, it doesn't really matter how much they weigh, right? One lactobacillus probiotic may weigh different amount than a bifidobacterium, but their weight, unlike two different vitamin Cs, you know, don't really matter. It's, it's how, what they do, and how many of them there are. So you'll often see, almost always see, CFU, colony-forming units, as the unit of measurement that industry has adopted uh, for probiotics. Um, the International Probiotics Association petitioned FDA to sort of say, hey, this is, everyone's doing this, this makes sense, let's make it happen. Um, so far, FDA, I'm sorry, uh, FDA hasn't officially adopted that rule change, but they did say, you know, in a draft guidance document that optionally you can add CFUs two grams, which doesn't really help the situation. Uh, but we do think that some further guidance is going to be coming out from FDA uh, later in May. So we're excited about that. And then the other big thing, I think, on maybe not probiotics, which is a category that is sort of well known to consumers, is you know, the, the fact that you're asking me and we're having this podcast about what is a postbiotic, you know, you're not asking me what vitamin C is. Everyone knows that. So when you have a term like postbiotic, like psychobiotic, even like prebiotic, like symbiotic, terms that consumers might not understand, the potential to unintentionally mislead consumers uh, or deceive consumers unintentionally, you know, you know what a postbiotic is. Everyone now listening to this podcast knows what a postbiotic <laughs> is, you know, but does this reach 200 million people? I don't know. What's the... Not just, yet. Not yet. <laughs> so I think if you're going to use terms like that on your product label, postbiotics, symbiotic, things like that, which might be subject to misinterpretation. For example, I asked a colleague in my office, What's, what do you think a postbiotic is? And she said, well, isn't that a probiotic you take after taking antibiotics? Right? Oh, that would that would have been a good definition. That would have been a good definition. That's not what it is. Right. So if you just say postbiotic on your product, that woman might buy the product being tricked. She's thinking it was a live microorganism. So so I think the key in labeling and in advertising, where you have more real estate on the website, is when you're using these terms, which might not be as well known to consumers, is that you take that next step and explain to them exactly what you're talking about to avoid any possible misinterpretation of the claims. If you don't do that, you can find yourself on the on the receiving end of a of a class action demand letter, possibly a federal trade commission investigation, or or something like that. So you do have to be careful. Right, which all brands want to avoid as they much sure as possible. They sure do. They sure do. Well, thank you so much for speaking at our presentation theater and for joining me today on this podcast, Ivan. It's always great to see you. It's great to see you. Thank you, and uh, talk to you next time. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. 